Whether you are a startup or an established entrepreneur, nothing communicates your company's message better than brilliant branding. With over 25 years in the business and over 250 companies named, expert Phil Davis and his team at Tungsten Branding will enlighten, brighten, and illuminate your mind so your brand will shine. Get ready to flip the switch and spark your imagination. Welcome to Brilliant Branding with host Phil Davis and Liz Heemstra. Welcome, welcome, branding aficionados and entrepreneurs and startups worldwide. Um, this week, just pre-holiday here, and a great time to be talking about it, we are going to be addressing, under the topic of brilliant branding, the rebranding process, um, which is something that Liz and I work on. And Hunter, we've got Hunter. Give a shout out today, Hunter. Hello, everyone. Yes, we've got Hunter working here. She usually works remote. So uh, the three of us, the trio here, will be in studio talking about rebranding process Great time of year, right, Liz, to be thinking about rebranding? Yeah, because it's coming up on the new year. The new year. New year, new you. New, yes. New brand. New year, new brand. New brand. And so <laughs> we're selling the rebrand. Uh, and not really. We're going to be going over both the pros and the cons and what you need to do if you're considering rebranding, rebadging um, your company for the new year. So you, your business has made it off the ground, we're assuming, or you wouldn't be listening. You know, there'd be a noose around your neck and you've just ended it all. <laughs> So hopefully that's not the case. You've made it off the ground. Um, I heard the Domino's guy, for example, we laughed, but he had multiple business failures before he got. <clears> he made it big. And then he made it really big. So as a serial, a serial entrepreneur, you found one that works. You've made it off the ground or you're with a company that's been around for a number of years. You're generating revenue, but you hit a roadblock. And in the rebranding uh, process, in the rebranding industry, we get this all the time. These are the phone calls that we get and the emails that we get day in and day out. Well, they probably listened to our last two podcasts probably. and realized we teed, we teed this, it is, up. this is what's going the on. The symptoms we went over um, that you typically have when it's time for a rebrand and the benefits of rebranding. So this week we're talking about how do you then you've decided you're going to go through it. Um, perhaps you've been in a niche. Perhaps you have a misleading name. It's tied to a geographic area. It's a legacy name. It's a surname. And you're just, you've had it. What to do? Changing your name requires careful consideration and planning to achieve a successful outcome and to take your business to the next level. And that's what we usually hear from clients is they just feel like they could be doing more. They're doing all right. And we talked a little bit last week about Blue Ocean Strategy, that it's not just about changing your name, and we'll get into this in a moment, but it's maybe re a little bit of repositioning so that people no longer just think you do this X, Y, Z, but if you do this other thing, it might be in another industry that's far, far bigger with far more money. So we're going to hopefully shift you and your thinking so that you can do that. Number one, step number one, we're gonna give you four simple steps today. So if you're driving, please don't write down any of this. Mental just notes here, mental make notes. Mental notes. Number one, evaluate the pros and cons before you begin. And the reason I say this is, just go into the rebranding process with eyes wide open. Um, it's easy to just kind of spout that, you know, just rebrand, but there are all kinds of little pitfalls that you can get into. I think they're all addressable. I think they're worth going through, but just be aware of them. Company name changes are prompted usually by a number of factors, such as the business name being far too common or garden variety. You're lost in a sea of sound alike names. Um, dilution. Dilution, 
we talked about a company that we rebranded that was called Pikes Peak, and there's 350 others in the market. Uh, for us here in the mountains, it's probably Blue Ridge. Mm-hmm. Blue everything. Ridge, everything. Yeah. You know, from bakeries to um, to whatever, to uh, doctors, to foot surgeons. So it's <laughs> Blue Ridge. Specifically foot surgeons. Yeah, a lot of those. A lot of those. Multiples. Yeah. Too common, too literal. We get <clears throat> a lot of that. Um, we have one in town, Brevard, drugs. You know, drug, when you want drugs in town. It's what just, kind of drugs? It's just drugs. Okay, good. So a lot of sketchy types. Too generic. <laughs> Geographically limiting is another one. People start off in their in their singular market and they end up in other ones. It's a meaningless or a former surname and the famous acronym struggle. Um, my favorite. And they finally got word. They must have heard it from us. We were kind of um, hinting. hinting on them a little bit. T-I-A-A hyphen CREF, C-R-E-F. Probably the longest acronym-laden brand name. Tia Cref. Tia, Tia hyphen Cref. Tia Cref. So all of those things are problematic. So some business name changes are prompted also by legal threats. We've had a number of those, trademark mm-hmm. disputes. But whatever the reason, make a list of what it is in order of importance and evaluate the pluses and minuses of going forward. So on one hand, you're going to say, here's what I feel like it would do is break us out of this box. I feel like this, or we're losing people because we have to explain the name or people don't get us or we're going to get sued or there's a likelihood they're going to get sued or we look, we lost business because people thought we were another company. Um, a few years ago, um, I was told, twas told, twas told a story of a group that had pitched the Coca-Cola company and was just in line to get a really nice plum job doing some marketing for him, somebody in our industry, and their name was Momentum. And at the last moment, they their contact there, and I'm sure they have multiple, multiple, you know, departments and divisions doing all kinds of projects and different product lines. And they got a call and said, well, we can't use you because of a bad experience someone here had with your company before. <laughs> they were like, we haven't done work with you guys. What do you mean? And unfortunately, it was another company that was called Momentum. <sighs> and somebody got wind of it. Um, this is just one of those anecdotal stories that this is where you, you that might prompt a rebrand for that company. They lost their momentum. So they lost. <laughs> oh, wow. This I had to throw that in there. Aaron, you know, we need one, a rim shot right here. <laughs> so they, they lost their momentum and their account. Uh, what a buzzkill to lose because someone thought you were another company yeah. and associated you with that. So that's that's no bueno, as they say. Uh, on the other hand, on the plus side, you're going to gain greater n- name recognition with a rebrand. You might pick up the exactmatching.com, which is often a pain point. Uh, a lot of clients starting off say, man, if I could just do it, I just want you know, our name is this, but we've got this different.com. Mm-hmm. For a while, we went with pure tungsten. Yeah. I didn't think, I thought it was like, <clears throat> we're tungsten branding, but I'll be really clever and we'll be pure tungsten online. Mm-hmm. People started making the checks out to pure tungsten, which was not only troubling, but also hard to cash. Yeah. Well, I remember one client that we had, a Matchup, their original domain was matchup.io. Yeah. So not only did they get a better name, but they also ended up getting a .com. So they rebranded to StrideKick.com. So it just all the way across. Oh, yeah, just better everywhere. So one of the things we're going to address here right from the get-go is sometimes in kind of a fervor to 
uh, just address, especially trademark issues, people will lose sight of there are several other benefits that you can gain. So instead of just going, well, get me out of legal trouble. Well, let's really take a moment and say, instead of just whipping another name out, let's help reposition you so that you address a bigger market or so that you don't get um, pigeon, pigeonholed. Mm-hmm. Let's set you up so that there, you have a brand platform and that you can tell a story and not just do that. So identify your drivers so that you're aware of them and then look at how many other things that you can address along the way. Since you're going to go through this, and it is a little bit like remodeling a home, it's can seem in the middle of it like, oh my goodness, what do we get ourselves into? But if you do it right, you want to come out with a great result. Um, the other thing I hear a lot is that people are afraid on the rebrand, the pros and cons, they're going to lose customers. And to that, I always laugh a little bit because when I say, well, what is your biggest fear? They'll say, well, if we rebrand, they're going to think we're a new company or someone bought us out mm-hmm. or something happened or we're not the same people or we're going to lose all this business. And I say, well, what would what would happen if you rebranded and you became better known and you had a better name and everything? They go, well, I feel like nobody knows who we are <laughs> and we're the best kept secret. So I'm like, wait a minute. Everybody knows you, but you're the best kept secret. And sometimes I've caught people and they kind of have to laugh, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just human nature. You know, you're torn between you know, they said in advertising, when I ran my ad- advertising agency, there's only two motivators when you melt everything down. It's fear and greed. Yeah. And fear says I'm going to lose out and greed says I'm not going to get what I want. Yep. And I think it's true with any decision you make. There's a fear factor. I'm going to lose my current clients. And the greed says I don't have very many clients. <laughs> so our experience has been way on the other side that when you rebrand, anytime you become clear and congruent with who you are and you're a better reflection of who you are, the the net positives so outweigh the negatives, the net positives. So we're we're kind of big believers in that. So discuss these potential risks and rewards with your management team. And we're assuming for the purposes of this rebranding process, we're talking to companies that have a management team and people, not just a, a solopreneur, but it still applies. Gather feedback also from the rank and file. You'd be amazed at people on the front line who you think it's just a minor problem or it's a major problem. And then you go talk to people that work the shop floor or work at retail or the clerks. That well, They're the ones every day. Yeah, you know, they're the ones probably dealing with the clients and customers. Yeah, they'll say, is this a problem? Oh, my goodness, yes. Um, every day. This is what we have to do. Well, how long does it take you to? Well, sometimes it holds the line up and I have to explain it and then or people come in or they walk by our store or they don't know that we do this. Uh, you and I talked about, Liz, last week, um, how many times we've driven by like Microtel. I thought it was a little teeny tiny hotel. Yeah. Like the rooms were six by six, you know. And I went into one and it was Microtel Suites. Yeah. Which is kind of counterintuitive. Yeah, I think that they they repositioned, but they should have renamed. probably renamed to reflect this reposition because as we talked about when I went there it was definitely small microtel that was years ago so they obviously have spent the money to do that so imagine you put all this money but nobody knows it and here's what an accountant will never tell you Mm -hmm. they will never come to you with a figure at the end of the year and god bless accountants one my my best friend since high school mark Munninger, if you're listening forgive me for what I'm about to say (laughs) 
<laughs> but accountants will never show you the number or the dollar or the revenue you lost because people didn't know who you were or what you did. The people that drove by your door, they didn't know who you were. Lost, it's lost opportunity cost. Steve um, Jobs would always say, the reason I don't do too much research, the reason I don't invest too much in it, is people don't know what they want yet. I mean, he wasn't going to go out and say, here, would you buy an iPod? Because they don't know what it is yet. Even if you described it, it's not been in their experience. Mm-hmm. So entrepreneurs know instinctively. I think that's why they're good at coming up with stuff. Is they know there's a market for this. And if I can get out there and if I can be congruent and clear and convincing and compelling and people see it and I'm meeting a need, you know, this thing will blow up. And a number of our customers have really, really launched when they got clear. So often the long-term benefits of greater name recognition and higher customer recall greatly outweigh the temporary cost, usually within one year, a one budgeting cycle, of transitioning from a limiting, limiting or misleading company name. So we're going to take a look at both. Um, so take a look at both the short-term disruption that it causes, and there is some of that, and the expense as well as the long-term brand positioning and the new equity that you gain with a good overall perspective going into this job. Um, an example I like to use when I say that, is there ever a case where it has gone wrong? Sure, and we'll talk about this next week too in brand implementation. Rebranding isn't just a, a, a panacea. It's not just a pill that you take and if you just, or, or just code over and then suddenly everything's rosy. And this is why we're talking about the rebranding process because it's truly a process. It's taking a look at who you are now as opposed to what you were how you've maybe pivoted over the last few years and what your new name needs to be and is it rooted and grounded and reflective of who you are. So in our county, I was in an RFP uh, for renaming our county hospital. This is a number of years back and I pretty much ticked all the boxes. But the one thing I hadn't done is renamed a hospital. Um, I had had a lot of experience in all these different things. So the, they decided we came in second. Um, not a, this is not a good thing in our business coming in second. Um, you feel kind of good, but yeah. you kind of lose. <laughs> you so, still lose. Yeah, it's better probably just to be fifth or ninth. Um, <laughs> but we were so close but so far. The, the takeaway from that experience, though, because I feel like we had more rebranding experience. We hadn't named a hospital, but this is why we're talking today. And we're helping people understand what this is about is they went and came up with what I thought was an okay name. We're in the mountains, and the name was Transylvania, which conjures up all kinds of things, medieval. Uh, Transylvania Hospital, it makes it also sound local, and they're not, they don't sound regional, so they wanted a better name. The company went through this and produced a good product. They came out with Summit Hospital. I don't know if you know that, Hunter. So Summit, being like the mountain, it's reflective summit of a mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's believable enough for a, a hospital, summit hospital. But because of the way they implemented it and the way they went to market and the way they kind of went through the process, there was some pushback on that name. And somebody in the paper wrote, I don't know who this Mr. and Mrs. Summit are, but why are we naming the hospital after them? <laughs> so after enough blowback, they just went back to Transylvania Regional Hospital instead of Community Hospital and reflected it in their descriptor word. So we're going to help you avoid those both in the process and next week in the implementation so that it's successful. So just to recap, in the first third of the hour here, what are the drivers behind your rebranding project? You want to be very cognizant of what it is that you're doing. Are you trying to get a more accurate or current name? Is your name outdated? 
Is it misleading? Are you trying to transcend kind of a restrictive legacy or a surname? Maybe the original owner has left. And you're always explaining, well, where is, you know, whoever? And you go, they don't work here anymore. You just got me. Um, (laughs) Are you trying to create distinctiveness, more creativity, just make it more memorable? Are you lost in a sea of sound alikes? Um, Is there a merger of two companies going on? Is there a trademark conflict? When you realize what it is that's driving it, just write that down. These are the main pain points. And then also look to say, what can we get out of this rebrand while we're at it? It's like, while we got the hood open on the car, what else can we fix? And so and when we come back from the break, we're going to get into um, establishing your plan of action. You've identified what it is that's driving the, the project. Um, you, you're, and then we'll get into exactly what steps you need to take to make this happen. You're listening to Brilliant Branding, and we're going to catch you here in just a couple moments on the other side of the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your brand is your story. And getting your story straight is the most critical and challenging component of your brand identity. That's where we come in. We're Tungsten, and we're naturally wired for brilliance. We'll help create, clarify, and communicate your brand message in ways that will make you shine. Whether you're a startup, entrepreneur, consultant, or an established business, we'll use our tools and talents to build and brighten your company identity. Why struggle with domain searches, trademark issues, and endless brainstorming? when the Tungsten team can create a clear and compelling brand name that strengthens your image. Having named over 250 regional, national, and international companies, products, and services, Tungsten has a trusted track record for successful brand creation and implementation. Our proven process will focus your brand and put you center stage. Visit us at tungstenbranding.com for your free quote. That's tungstenbranding.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it and profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Brilliant Branding. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at tungstenbranding.com. Now, back to this week's program. All righty, we're back. And we're talking about the company rebranding process, which you might be on the cusp of, and you're riveted by this. So... Let's get right back to it. <laughs> okay, so we're going to evaluate the pros and cons. There's four steps, and that's the first one. What are the pros and cons behind it? Just eyes wide open. And I think it's really important just to restate before we jump into two, evaluating the pros and cons in an effort to just take care of the problem and 
take care of the trademark issue or just get a good name or you've got a trade show coming up in four weeks. That's kind of one of the worst ones because there's missed opportunity to say, well, while we're in here doing this, why don't we go ahead and take care of all the other issues and make the totality of your brand congruent and not just fix this one problem, you know, out of the frying pan into the fire. Um, so, you know, exactly. it's a time to reposition your brand while you're doing it. Yeah. So what are some examples of this that we've had that come to mind? Um, I think for as far as, you know, can you can you rename and reposition it at the same time? And Liz, I don't know if you remember even how to say this name. It was so problematic, but we had a client that came to us. Was it Greer? Or I would say Greer. Greer, but it was I believe it was spelled G-R-E-I-E-R. Legacy name, financial, but they worked with sports personalities. Mm-hmm. And here is an opportunity to just lose the legacy name. It's just, it's just meaningless. And like so many people that come to us with surnames, they, they want their brand to represent something. And it will acquire a secondary meaning with enough time. But unless you want to spend 20 or 30 years building it so your name is synonymous with, you know, representing sports celebrities financially, um, that's a long, long, hard road to make that, um, to that get that E.F. Hutton kind of recognition. So they wanted something that would resonate more instantly with people. So while we were doing it, instead of just giving them some kind of poppy name, that people would remember that was unique. We positioned them, kind of repositioned them, kind of to reflect that they're in the sports realm. And their new name is Winpoint. And it's kind of short for like the winning point or winning points or scoring. So I think that would resonate more with a potential client of theirs to say, well, who do you use for your financial consulting and for wealth management? I use Winpoint instead of Greer Financial. Greer. Greer. So DeCosimo was another one, and they were CPAs. They were doing mergers and acquisitions and just weren't getting the same kind of money they would get getting paid hourly instead of as a percentage deal. And they they switched to uh, Four Bridges mm-hmm. and created that, that kind of metaphor name. So those are a couple examples that come to mind um, of what you can do while you're rebranding instead of just saying, well, well, this gets us out of the trademark problem that we were in. Well, why not come up with one that makes for a really cool story and a cool metaphor and it allows you and you get the matching.com. And and I'm all about having your cake and eating it, too. I never understood you cannot have your cake and eat it. Who wants a cake if you cannot eat the cake? It's a phrase. Wow. It's just a saying. You so can't take it so we're literally. We're give you cake, frosting, <laughs> all of it. So point number two, so the rebranding process is to really establish that plan of action. Um, And we have people call us all the time and they're just a little bewildered as far as where do I start. So we're going to kind of give you those. Um, When you establish your plan of action, some things to think about. And we are available for streaming. So, again, if you're driving, you know, please don't try to to write this all down with a pen on your hand as you drive. Uh, Just write this down later. And a lot of this is online, too. We have all kinds of articles on this. Um, number one, just make a decision on who's going to be involved in the decision. And this is probably one of the biggest uh, fail points in the yes. rebranding process. Yes. In an effort to be kind of democratic and we want to open the door to all possibilities, people include everybody. I mean, their employees and their staff and customers and they do all kinds of surveys. And what happens is instead of getting more clear, you get more uh, muddled mm-hmm. because everybody's going to have a different idea. And here's the problem. The vision resides in you 
as the president, the owner, the management, the marketing director, you're the ones that are beholding. It's your message you are trying to bring to the world. When you do it the other way, it's the bottom up. It's everybody else's impression all throwing in there. And everybody has a different impression. And they're all not creative people and they don't get it. It's like trying to turn everybody into a comedian. I mean, they're just not or a singer. They're not all going to have it. And it sounds really democratic to do that. So I'm really against the fishbowl. Um, put your suggestion in the fishbowl. The other thing, too, pragmatically, everybody whose name doesn't get picked is now offended. Mm-hmm. So even if it worked, in the best case scenario, one out of a thousand employees, their name gets picked. Right. And then 999 people are angry. Well, I like my name better. So I'm not I'm not really about that. We always say to gather widely and decide narrowly. So you gather input. What do you feel like the the new company should look like, sound like, feel like? What should it represent? What are your experiences? Those frontline questions. What's your biggest obstacle when conveying the company brand identity or messaging? So you we have a brand development worksheet that we hand out. And in it it asks a lot of those questions. If you're brand could convey one idea or one notion and only one, what would it be? If you had a spokesperson, who would that spokesperson be? Very revealing things. So those kinds of things are great, but you're not asking them to do the task of actually naming it. You're just gathering the information. The way that you break it to people is we value your time. We don't want to tie up 100 people or three people or nine people or 12 people in the company with endless meetings So what we'd like to do is gather your input about how you feel about the company. And it's getting that feeling uh, so that you can take that in and ingest that internally to help establish your brand criteria. So plan of action. Who will be involved? We always say go with an odd number. We love threes and fives. Yes. So that way someone can be the deciding. Yes. There's always just that feeling that there's a decision that's going to be made. It's not. It's not two people and four. Yeah. Usually it's just good to have an odd number and keep the numbers small. Um, mm-hmm. Again, if and one way to keep it small is say it in this process, you will have to attend every meeting. You'll read every form that gets the the committee small very very fast. <laughs> and make sure that all decision makers attend all the meetings. Don't set yourself up. And we've had this happen twice, and this is how I found out the hard way. We were told that these are the people that will decide. Everybody got on board with a name. It takes a while to kind of wrap your head around it. Oh yeah, we could do this. Oh, that makes sense. The name could do, oh, and then we could take the name and do this, and we could make Chotskys, and everybody's excited. The domain's available. And then we got a call, and it was just like, no, it's, it's just been quashed. I'm like, why? They said, well, our investor looked at it and said no. <laughs> Very left brain, kind of out of the loop, not involved in the process. Of course, it's going to hit somebody cold. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they right. just weren't involved in any of it. So don't do that. Right. They don't, don't see the thinking behind it. They don't. And the rationale. And we see this, Liz, all the time, don't we? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yesterday, I think we were in a meeting where uh, the clients came back with a name that um, was just kind of like, oh, that's a good one. But nobody really remarked on it. And then it got a lot more discussion yes. after it kind of soaked in. So if the president wants in on it or the CFO will just invite them but say it's really important that you're you're part of the entire process or else you're going to run into potentially 8, 12 weeks of work and then get railroaded. Um, yeah. Speaking of which. Yeah, don't bring the investor in like yeah, a month in. We've had, we've had that happen before as well. Two or three times, I'd yeah. say. And, and so, all of a sudden they weren't, you know, they the committee they had established, like a group of three, had decided on the name and then they're like, Okay, so we decided on yeah. I think they had like three names. Yeah. 
And so they're like, and now we're going to go bring it to the our investor. Well, that's the first we'd heard and about I it. And I remember thinking, what investor? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> it was just it was, it was this mystery man. Yeah. His name is Killjoy. <laughs> and he was he was like, I don't like these names. Yeah, I don't like these. I don't like. Did they read them? <laughs> did they read the rationales? Did they right? Read did you put it on a Word doc? Yeah. Send it, it over just, in, send an it in an email. Email. Just kind of check out these names. So, um, yeah, definitely have everybody on board. What is the timeline? And develop a realistic timeline. We get this all the time. How, how quickly can you develop a, a brand name for this? Again, you know, it's better if it's not driven by arbitrary things like a trade show. I mean, you should want to rebrand. Be, I mean, that's helpful, but mm-hmm. that shouldn't be the only motivator. Um, and for us, it really depends on the size and scale of the project. This is... You're just changing the name, and that's all you're doing, and it needs to be quick, and it's one or two people. It's a smaller – it could be four to six weeks. But for what we're talking about today, the rebranding, company rebranding process, I would say a realistic timeline from soup to nuts is probably six to nine months. And that sounds really long, and the majority of the work will probably be done the first three months. But by the time every little wrinkle is taken care of and every sign has been touched and every little piece – and the logo decided and fully implemented. You want to give yourself, you know, I would say a good a good six months would be a, a good timeline. How, and then ask yourself this: How are you going to determine a successful outcome? People get into the rebranding process and they say, "Well, let's just do it." And there's really <laughs> no measure. They go into it just thinking, "Well, then we'll just discover the name, like it'll get up and just announce itself." I'm here, the perfect name. <laughs> <laughs> so now you've been on your search. Yes, here it is. It's and like I'm revealing myself to you. The cup will just rise out of a stone or something. You'll drink <laughs> from it. The chalice will be there. So you know what will the determinants be? And we'll get into that a little bit when we talk about the, what are your criteria for this rebrand. So we definitely want to have a timeline. We want to know who the players are. They're going to be making the decision, and we want to determine a budget. Wow, this is a hot topic right here. The budget, we get this all the time. How much is it going to cost to rebrand? Well, if you do some things yourself, imagine yourself as a contractor on a house. You could just hire out your own plumber and your own electrician and that, and probably save quite a bit of money, but you're going to be doing all that work and you're probably going to need to know a little bit about the trades. Um, so, of course, selfishly, we, we think the best thing to do is hire professionals to do it. But there are companies that take it on internally. Maybe they've got a big enough staff. So for the purpose of this podcast, we're acting as though you could hire someone or you could do it yourself. But either way, these are the steps. So determine a budget. So I would say if you're going to hire an outside firm, what are some of the costs? Um, small startup consultants that just need a name and they're going to put a website up. Let's say you're a, a financial advisor, somebody just kind of working from home. But you really need, you see the value of having a killer brand. You don't want to use your last name. For someone to spend the time and energy to sit with you, think this through, come up with alternative, pitch different names to you, create the rationale, the storyline, taglines, positioning statement, everything, and help you really process what your company's about. And that's what they should be doing. You're probably looking at eight to 10 grand on the low end, on the very low end. And for companies going through a rebrand, um, of, of more magnitude, I'd say mid-sized companies that um, have been around five or ten years. You're probably looking at anywhere. It could be anywhere from twenty to fifty thousand, depending on the number of decision makers. And sometimes when I get pushback and people say, "Well, that seems like you know a lot of money for a rebrand," well, you get out of it what you put into it. And I always tell people, "What would you pay personally, not as a business?" 
for a remodel of your kitchen. And a lot of people will laugh and go, well, I, we just spent 40 grand on our kitchen. I go, how much more important is the future of your business and getting this right? Your brand name is the cornerstone of your, of your company identity. It's how you start every conversation. It's how you introduce yourself. And having that intellectual property and that white space and knowing that it's yours and you own it and people can find you and you can articulate it, to me, is just invaluable. There's, there's no price. Yes. Low end, probably, you know, eight, nine, ten for somebody kind of just starting off and they got a goofy name and they just want you to fix it. And, of course, if you get up 30, 40, 50,000, you're probably touching the website. You're doing what other things, Liz? Um, yeah. Tagline, social yeah. media pages. Yeah. And you know. typically, you know, with those companies, because they're coming from a legacy brand, it's just a lot more consulting. Yes, in, kid gloves. Yes, exactly. And just a lot more time, and there's usually more people involved. More That's facilitation. Where the money, uh, why it's so much higher. And you, and it's, it's to your point, it's facilitation and consensus building. Yes. So it's helping people coming from different vantage points to all come to a consensus and agree. Okay, I didn't see it that way, but now the more you explain it, and the more, and somebody will bring something else to the table, and it's just helping get everybody on board. One of the things that we always say that we do here is help people get their story straight. So trying to get, you know, five people to get their story straight and then take that story and then spread it throughout the organization takes more effort than just working with a single person. Mm -hmm. Um, We've also bid projects, you know, close to $300,000 in North. And those usually are big, big corporations. Yeah, with a lot of, you know. A lot of linguistic screening. Right. And there's uh, a lot, I feel like there's a lot more, like, at stake, too. There's more at stake, and which means they have to vet it more, which mm-hmm. means they have to maybe look, is there bad meanings in, of, the, of these words overseas? So we screen them overseas. Mm-hmm. We screen them for potential, you know, do conflicts. brand validation research. Brand validation research is one where you think these are good names, but let's ask our existing customer mm-hmm. and potential customers what they think. And right. then you, you can rank them. Mm-hmm. So you can definitely do that. All right. So uh, also what goes in the budget is, of course, the pragmatic things is once we have it, we're going to have to change our signs, our uniforms, the, you know, the car wraps. Uh, I had one client that was a TV station and just rewrapping the helicopters was tens of thousands of dollars each. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And the money that goes into that. Yeah. So that's definitely important to determine the budget. And then um, last on this is we want to, this is part two, establishing your plan of action. You're going to be, you know now who's involved in the decision-making process. It's these five people or three people. You know what your timeline is. You've determined you're going to do it in five to six months. You've figured out the budget. And so depending on the size and scale of the project and how important this is to you and how long you want to do it, you, you set a budget out. And then, last but not least, you develop your brand criteria. What do you want as an outcome coming out of this process? And I always encourage clients to come up with two things, a list of their wants and a list of their must-haves. And your wants are things that on the other side of this rebranding process, we're going to have a name that does this. I mean, and we'll get into that on the other side of the break, but if it's going to sing and tap dance and it's going to do all these wonderful things, it's your dream name. What would it all have in it? And then what are the must-haves? And the must-haves are the things where it could do all those things, but it's got to pragmatically pass trademark. 
Right, right. Or if you're a big .com and you're an e-commerce site, you know, that's great. But no, I don't want a descriptor word on it. Mm -hmm. I want the exact matching .com. It's paramount that we have it. It just makes us more legitimate. Not .io, not .co, not .ninja. Yeah, and all these different kind of, you know, weird, twisty things. Um, So we're going to give you examples of what are some good wants that we usually preach and what are some good must-haves. And then you're going to use this criteria, and this is very important, as the yardstick in all of your evaluation of the names. And we're going to talk in this break of why this is so important to keep this rebranding process on track. So we'll take a moment for our commercial break. We'll be back to wrap up on the four steps to consider when you're going through a company rebranding process. You've been listening to Brilliant Branding. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your brand is your story. And getting your story straight is the most critical and challenging component of your brand identity. That's where we come in. We're Tungsten, and we're naturally wired for brilliance. We'll help create, clarify, and communicate your brand message in ways that will make you shine. Whether you're a startup, entrepreneur, consultant, or an established business, we'll use our tools and talents to build and brighten your company identity. Why struggle with domain searches, trademark issues, and endless brainstorming when the Tungsten team can create a clear and compelling brand name that strengthens your image? Having named over 250 regional, national, and international companies, products, and services, Tungsten has a trusted track record for successful brand creation and implementation. Our proven process will focus your brand and put you center stage. Visit us at tungstenbranding.com for your free quote. That's tungstenbranding.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. are listening to Brilliant Branding. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at tungstenbranding.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right, we're back. We've got so many notes here. <laughs> so much to share today on company yes. rebranding process. And so we left off, number one, evaluate the pros and cons. And, of course, the pros are so overwhelming, you've decided to do it. Number two, you've established a plan of action. And the last action item, um, and I think the most critical, if you take away anything from today's show, is really setting this list of naming slash branding criteria for the project. Without that criteria, you have no guiding light 
And we've seen this devolve into just a, a, a morass of people just arguing and bickering and infighting. Sometimes that's what drives people to us as they're at each other's throats. Yes. Or it just loses all structure and it just becomes subjective. Well, I like that name. Well, what about this name? Mm-hmm. That's the worst way to go about rebranding your company. Yeah. Just shooting from the hip and throwing things around. Well, and then you have your own, you know, company politics of like who likes who and, you know, well, I don't like her, so I don't like her names. I don't like her names. <laughs> so this gets rid of all that if you come up with this um, this criteria. And so it's really important that you have this. Yeah, so what you know? What are some examples of that so that people can kind of start their list? Well, Liz, like so many things, we all have wants and we have needs. <laughs> okay, so what are the wants? So these are kind of generic. And if we went through a rebranding process, they'd probably be much more specific to the project. But... In general, here would here would be an example of a set of them on the want list. And this is kind of like the, the tick box that you're going to use to determine whether a name that you're all reviewing collectively, you three to four or five people are uh, collectively reviewing. You're going through this to say, how does this name that we're looking at line up with this list of criteria? And maybe you have on the wants list, it should be unique and memorable because maybe the pain point was your last name was just forgettable. We talked about our client wholesale landscape supply. And you almost felt like saying, but what's the name of the company? It's like, who's on first? Wholesale landscape supply. I know what you do, but what's the name of the company? Um, so it should yeah, be. Yeah, I need some of that I wholesale. Yeah. Lands- so-, so where do I get it? Yeah. <laughs> At wholesale landscape supply. So maybe in that case, uh, our client was like, I just need something that's unique and memorable. That was very important. We always believe that one of the things that's definitely on your want list is your pivot point, and that's the thing around which all your goods and services revolve. Take this chance to, while you're doing a rebrand to get away from these literal constructions and create something that really speaks to the essence of what your brand is about, not just what you're serving up this week because it's so subject to change. Most companies will evolve so much over a period of five years. I forget what the statistic is, but it's something like 60 to 80% of their product lines change in over a five-year period. I mean, think what Apple was like over a 10-year period in terms of what they were serving up from computers and desktops to music and downloads and all kinds of things. And now Apple Pay, money, they're like a bank. So you, you don't want to base your identity on that. You want to base it on what is it that you do? Is it attributes like innovation? Is it efficiency? Um, so look at those things that ours is tungsten because it's the wire and the bulb for it's about clarity and insight. So the name should be memorable. It should reflect our core value proposition. Um, it should easily and naturally segue into a deeper conversation about the company. How effortless is the name to get off of it? A lot of people's real struggle is their current name requires so much explanation, especially if they're really obtuse. We named it after a Greek God, you know, or we did this and it's, how does that relate to, I don't know, but it was a good idea at the time. <laughs> um, and does it provide a platform to tell the brand story? There's names that are just clever or fun names, but you just can't go anywhere with them. So maybe that's when the criteria is not just unique for unique sake, but does it create a story that allows you to get deeper into the brand? Um, and maybe you just, the other thing is, is does it sound cool? Or does it, here's another one, if you're in the financial industry, a lot of it is, we want it to sound credible, very important. We don't want it to sound fly by night, or we just just came up with it last week. Um, So, or is it believable? Um, The must-haves could be things, Liz, like um, the matching.com, we get that sometimes, web-based e-commerce, 
it's got to have that dot com. Yeah, it's sometimes kinda, it's a that I've heard recently from some of our clients they want that one word dot com. So yeah, it's not like uh, you know Advantage Partners. Yeah, com. it's like right. It's blank. Right. Dot com, not mm-hmm. necessarily one syllable. Right. Really yeah. Fun. No. But just some a company. That we just want a word that we can own. Mm-hmm. It has a matching dot com. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's perfect because the other thing that comes with that is a lot of times the must have is that must be easy to read because there's a difference in reading it. Sometimes you 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 go wow that just the way it presents like how do you say that. But once you say it, it sounds really cool. It's very easy to say. C's can be pronounced as a soft C or a hard C. So maybe the names are a great name, but people struggle with this. Do you say it this way or that way? Right. You know? right. Um, so you look at it and you say, does it read easily? Can you say it? Or the opposite, it looks really easy. Then you go to say it. And it's a tongue twister. Yeah. We've had some of those sometimes yeah, some of where those. you look at it and you're like, oh, that looks good. And then you yeah. say it and you're like, hmm. Yeah. There's something funny about that. Yeah. She shells, she shells, but she's short kind of brand names. And can you spell it? Is it intuitive? Um, So so those are examples of wants that you have in your list and must-haves. Now, here's where the rubber meets the road. You do not stop with this. Oh, no, 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 no. So if you were a batter in a baseball game and someone was throwing 90-mile-an-hour pitches at you, the only way you're going to connect is to have your feet set. This is probably true 100 is like, um, I think, a semi-professional tennis player, right? I think pro, I think actually. Pro. Used to be. Used She's to be, a, back US, in her day. What is your USTA rating? 4.5? Yeah. She, <laughs> well, you know, 5-0, but no big deal. She, she peaked at 7, but... <laughs> but probably the same thing in tennis. You've got a set to get that hip rotation or whatever. It's all about the footwork. Yes, and that's so true in branding, too. It's about... Setting your feet and setting your feet here means you can't just say I've got eight priorities. There's no such thing as eight priorities. A priority means one is one, you know, and the other one is not the priority. Mm -hmm. So what is most important? Is it having a cool name? Because when you get down to trying to, to discern this amongst those five people and you haven't really set what is the most important one, one of them says, well, I'm going to stick with this one because it sounds cool. What was that the overriding most important thing or was yeah. it really conveying your pivot point or uniqueness or memorability or it sounds more like it pertains in some way to your industry without being literal? What is it that you most want? This is why on our brand development worksheet, what is the one thing, if this name could do one thing, what would it convey? You can't have it all. Yeah, you can't have a name that just, you know, I, I, I call it creating the name that it's like an overnight discount Rolex store. <laughs> you know, it, it just, it's not going to do. It's not going to be believable. So really use that as the dealio to uh, as your yardstick. So then when you are evaluating your names, you say, and someone says, I just don't like it. Okay, that's important that you like it. But more important, how does it line up with these five things? And they go, well, you know, it, yeah, I see that it does do this and it does do that. Well, could you live with that? It hits all of these marks. Mm-hmm. And that's what brings the reluctant ones in. Mm-hmm. Is you, and it helps keep the process together. As you say, we're not measuring it by what we personally feel. We're measuring it by how does it reflect our goals and our branding criteria. Yeah. Or maybe you need to take a look back at those branding criteria and change it. Yeah, it might if be. You're that. starting to see names that fit all the criteria but you're you don't not like, like them. them and we've ha- I've had that before mm-hmm. we had a company that gave all their criteria and it had to have it had to be a seven letter 
seven letter new invented name because they're going to have a matching phone number and then you could dial using the seven letters of the company name and all these things at the time I thought I really don't think these should be the drivers and that's why it's so important to have the good drivers at the beginning of this and in the end it just kind of started to fall apart we had to redo the brand criteria and it ended up almost being the antithesis of what they started with they wanted a regional name that needed to reflect their area all the things they were trying to avoid they and that's part of the experiment experimentation yeah. that goes on is you <clears throat> think you want an invented name and then you get one and you say it doesn't sound like anything and you yeah. go because it's an invented name right you go through the process and you sort of be like hmm, maybe this isn't what i want yeah and that's and then you go back and you revisit your brand criteria that's your measuring stick so number three we said we get to all four today number three is where you actually do the yeoman's job of of doing the work which is generating the new company names this can be done one of two ways. You can do it internally or hiring a naming and branding firm. If you do it internally, just understand that while you are saving money, you're not necessarily saving time. Yeah. And we've had people come to us and said, we've spent six weeks, six months, and just you put a number in there. and Spitballing. Spitballing and, and creative sessions, and we've pulled people out of decision-making meetings. We've, we've held off doing other initiatives while we're all trying to figure this out. I'm a big believer in, in outsourcing this is what we do, mm-hmm. and we are the piano movers of marketing. Yeah. People in our industry don't even want to do this because you have to sit, take yourself out of this day-to-day world and think very deeply about your core identity. What do we represent beyond our goods and products and services? Who are we at our core? Mm-hmm. Original thought is the hardest work most people will ever do, and that is why so few people will ever engage in it. Henry Ford. It is the hardest work, that original thought, that drilling down and getting your identity anchored in, in rock down there and not in, in shifty sand. So if you hire a naming firm, just go online. There's all, lots of sites you could type in, company naming firms. We're on a few lists. We made it top five globally. Shout out. Woot, woot. <laughs> Shout out to us. And everybody's good at different things. Some will really uh, brag about they have nothing but linguists on and they approach the assignment from consonant and vowel kind of construction and others will will do it our thing is about clarity creating a lot of brand clarity um, when you when you do it yourself i'll just give you a, a shortcut some some naming strategies we use you can do coined or invented names like xerox um or kodak you can come up the benefit of that's just blank it's empty but it doesn't really convey much you can do positive connotation names kind of the true green of the world just great on star just mashup of two great words that, that resonate with your attributes. Descriptive hybrid names, as long as you're going to be somewhat still in the industry, you can be kind of a jet blue. A metaphors make for great brands. Amazon is an example of a great metaphor. Sure beat that books a million uh, name. And sometimes there's other strategies that are outside the box. Evocative names. Uber, mm-hmm. just awesome. You know, yeah, right. Uber cool. And they kind of took over that that word. Check all your domains if you're doing this internally through a USPTO.gov search. If you're global, you're going to have to probably reach out to a trademark attorney. Eventually, you should do that anyway. But USPO, USPTO.gov will do a baseline check of the domain availability. Of course, Google search it as well. Also, look for your social media handles. See if they're available. You can go to name, name check. I believe it's N-A-M-E-C-H-K or is it names? Hunter, I think it's it's one or the other. You can Google that. Name check. Or name checker with no E on the K blank R. 
wow, they could use some rebranding. But name checker, and that'll tell you if it's available on Facebook, this, that, and the other thing. Make a short list then of the best candidates and do let them soak in for a couple of days. Don't be in a rush to judgment. Some of the best company names are ones that take time to grow. And then, so just let them soak for a few days. Practice saying them. Don't expect a name to just jump out at you. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually were on a call yesterday, and a lot of uh, the guys talked about how initially, you know, while we were going through the name presentation, one maybe st- stuck out. And then when we uh, went back and looked at them, they were like, and we thought about it. And you know what? Actually, now this name this really sticks out to me. And the other one, not so much. And that's exactly where it leads to is number four, as obvious as this is, is you've got to pick a winner. This seems obvious enough, but change is always scary and the fear of the unknown can cause undue hesitation. Remind yourself of the missed opportunity cost and the potential gains that you first listed when starting out. If you set clear branding criteria that address the issues with your current name, then your top picks are almost always going to be certainly better than what you have, any of your top two or three picks. Um, run through the mental exercise of introducing yourself, practice an elevator speech with the new name, see what really resonates. Some names, and what Liz was just sharing, are sleepers, um, but they have legs. They just grow on you and they go. Usually those are the best ones. Mm-hmm. Metaphors are good examples. Apple, Amazon, Midas. Other names um, can grab you at first, but then fall flat. So just really practice it. And then finally, take the last three to five names that you like from your short list and go to your attorney and get trademark, extensive trademark search and clearance and let that kind of inform your decision. That will help rule some of them out. Yeah. And then make that pull the trigger. Next week, we're going to actually be talking about once you've picked it, how do you implement it? And that's another whole can of worms. But we (laughs) are here to guide you through it. Absolutely. So hopefully this has been helpful today, company rebranding process. You can find out more in our articles at tungstenbranding.com. And we look forward to sharing more with you about best practices and brilliant branding next week. Until then, have a great week. And a Merry Christmas. Yes. Thank you for listening to Brilliant Branding. Please join host Phil Davis and co-host Liz Heemstra for another edition of the program next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, stay brilliant. Brilliant.